feet under retrospective. I am your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my six feet undertakers, Moira and Des. Moo. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Fisher Cast Under Ruse. Glad to have you with us. And uh, wow, we we actually uh, I think we're starting to win the the battle over Carney Cast. Yeah, we stole another one of the co-hosts and got them watching. Yeah. She said, she's, did you see that what she was tweeting? This is, we're talking about Tammy of Carney Cast. She, she tweeted that she had bought the entire series of uh, Six Feet Under. It must have been one of those great Amazon deals since it's uh, right around Black Friday when we're recording. And um, she said that something like the, the war rages on or something like that. And I, <laughs> I, and I tweeted back. I was like, I think we won. <laughs> so... Well, actually, I think Moira, you've you've bought Carnival, right? No, I am. Um, my an- my auntie Nefarious sent it to me. Uh, <laughs> That's where I got it too. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, Uncle Nefarious is really a, a great provider. So none of us has actually bought the DVDs. Yeah, I think we're winning. Yeah, we won. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, we're here again, and uh, we're going weekly. So we we might actually sound more fresh and upbeat about each episode. I think and. Uh, <laughs> Okay, some of us are fresh and upbeat and well rested, and some of us some of us have PMS and a headache. Well, please, I didn't want to bring that up. TMI, (laughs) TMI. I was trying to keep that to myself. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Really, Robin, we don't need to hear about all your girl problems. All right, so no guests this week, but we have guests lined up right to the end of season two, and then I'm going to open the floodgates for season three for people to sign up and guest them. You know what's going to happen? All those little carnies are going to be storming the gates trying to get on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I am hoping that Tammy does catch up so we can have her on for an episode. Yes, that would be awesome. Yes, we need some new people too. I mean, I like the people that we have. They're great, Mm -hmm. but it would be nice to have some new people also. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, uh, yeah, get ready to um, sign up, Underoos, because that's what usually happens if you're new to the podcast. Uh, at the end of season, at the end of the season, I open up uh, the next season for guest appearances. So just be a part of our Facebook book group and you'll see when that comes up. Um, okay, so we're on to the Darwin Awards, in which I honor the morons in history that kill themselves. This is going to be an interesting one since the death was <laughs> in no way moronic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unless it has to do with pushing trash or things that are too heavy for you, perhaps. <laughs> this, one's called, this one's called Disco Dork. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is from June 1999 in Utah. Paramedics were called to a discotheque in Salt Lake City where a young man had lost consciousness on the dance floor. Bystanders said one minute he was dancing, the next minute he was lying on the floor turning blue. The paramedics determined that the man had suffered a heart attack. His skin was blue from lack of oxygen. Sadly, he died en route to the hospital. In the ER, the true cause of death was discovered when they removed his personal effects. It turned out that he'd strap a roll of quarters to his crotch in the hopes of making his equipment appear larger. Unfortunately, the quarters were tied with surgical tubing, which had cut off circulation to his leg. (laughs) Apparently, the lack of blood flow combined with the exertion of dancing triggered his heart attack. (laughs) The moral of the story is, size does matter. If his brain had been larger, he'd still be alive. (laughs) 
That's true. Plus, a sock would be easier, don't you think? <laughs> hey, surgical tubing is what we used to use when you're drawing blood and you need a quick little tourniquet. That stuff's awesome. It's very yeah. clingy and it makes a very tight wrap. So, very, very dumb, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's take a quick break and hear from our friends at CastleCast. Heidi, Heidi, hey. John, what happened to you? You look awful. Uh, I had an accident, but I'll be okay. Listen, I... Where have you been? You're late for recording. That's what I wanted to tell you. Listen, I was hanging a clock in the bathroom, and I slipped, and I hit my head on the toilet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I, I blacked out for a bit. When I came to, I had an epiphany. You know that show on ABC, Castle? I... what? You know, Castle. It's that murder mystery show starring Nathan Fillion. Everyone loves it. Come on, keep up. I'm familiar with it, yes. Okay, well, I was thinking... You may want to sit down for this. I am sitting. Oh, well, then I'll sit. I was thinking we should do a podcast about Castle. You're kidding, right? No, I'm serious. We could do a weekly podcast wherein we talk about the latest news involving the series, its cast and crew. John. Follow that with a recap and review of the latest episode with emails, voicemails, and a Twitter poll. John. And you know what else? We can even have a music appreciation segment featuring actual score pieces from the show by its composer, Robert Duncan. Seriously, John? Then we can wrap up the show with spoilers. John. Yes? We already have a Castle podcast. Really? Yes, really. It's called CastleCast.net. Don't you remember? Ooh, good name. We should grab it before someone else does. Oh, for the love of... What? You got a better idea? Maybe you should go to the hospital. I think you might have a concussion. Don't be silly. I'm fine. What I should really do right now is go make some album art for the podcast in iTunes. Bam, said the lady. CastleCast.net. The original fan podcast all about the ABC series, Castle. Hey, Heidi, you'll never guess what I saw outside just now. A double rainbow! Yep, definitely a concussion. And we're back, and uh, we're here with Open Casket Viewing, and we're going to be discussing the episode, The Secrets. Moira? All right, episode 10 of season 2. Although David is mending fences with Keith, it becomes apparent that their relationship still needs some ironing out. And Carla's got a secret that isn't going to make the going any smoother. Claire takes a questionable approach to her new photography hobby and grapples with a future beyond high school. Ruth is ready to move things along with Nikolai, but he might be happy right where he is. Brenda's engagement anxiety leads her and Melissa on a sexual adventure in unlikely, sorry, unlikely Orange County. Nate assesses his past and opens up to Lisa, but her reaction is far from hospitable. Written by Bruce Eric Kaplan and directed by Alan Poole. I think. Yeah, I was trying to, I was like, okay, what's the secret? What's the secret? Everybody has a fucking secret. (laughs) 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 I'm I'm just puzzled over that episode description. Is it unlikely to have sexual adventures in Orange County? Is Orange (laughs) County like, you know. It's very unlikely. Hmm. Have you been there? Oh, my. Apparently no one has sex in Orange County. How do you explain it to me, Americans? Is, there, is, this, is this a bad place to be? It's a sexual wasteland. There's nothing. So on my list of places to visit, I can just cross that right off. Unless you bring your own sexual partner. Oh, well, I was planning to. So. And you'll be all right. Okay. Phew. Um, first time executive 
this is the uh, first time executive producer Alan Poole has directed anything. So um, he was very excited about this, and he he did a commentary for this episode, which I have a couple of notes for towards the beginning of the episode, and then I fell asleep and woke up this morning on the couch. So uh, <laughs> we're so we're all so prepared for this podcast, aren't we, kids? <laughs> we are. All I could think about his name was Poole rhymes with ghoul. I don't know. I got stuck with that. <laughs> so I know how to pronounce it. <laughs> well, I always thought it was strange. I mean, it was like, you know, because we have Alan, Alan Ball and then we have Alan Poole and their names are on most of the episodes. So, you know, as executive producers. So, all right, let's start this off. Uh, 67-year-old Benjamin Sirassi brings his recycling out to the curb, has a heart attack and dies. Well, it's a big honking recycling container, isn't it? <laughs> Huge. <laughs> Bigger That's than a lot of recycling. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we go to Claire Taking photos of a body That's out for viewing That's not legal <laughs> I just wrote she's indulging her new passion <laughs> And I just said Did you get permission from the uh, Families to do that? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? I mean we really I mean she got kind of inspired by Billy I believe in the last episode And now she's snapping away She's even considering it as a career um, What do you, do you guys think this is Sudden or or Something that A little bit but she's an artistic Person so I don't find it like Way out of her wheelhouse yeah. And I think that it's good that she's exploring it Yeah I agree I thought it was nice That's However funny. she really needs to Make sure she has permission before she takes people Pictures yeah. of people <laughs> Well, let's hope she doesn't live in her career to pictures of dead people. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think there's a huge market for that. It's been done. These days, these days, yeah. It's been done. Goth albums, covers, or... (laughs) They used to take pictures back in the day, um, like in the Victorian era. They used to take pictures of the loved ones when they were dead. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the books of the dead. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Very. So Lisa brings some papers for Nate to sign sign over custody and uh she actually apologizes for um the way she acted in the supermarket she's pregnant she's allowed (laughs) to be hormonal and cranky but yeah she's a cranky prego let me tell you (laughs) but it's understandable you know what i mean it's understandable. oh come on yeah it was the first time she'd seen him and he didn't know she'd gotten her pregnant and it was pretty emotional yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah. she's probably not the type of person to ever have an outburst like that, um, <laughs> you know, in any normal circumstance. But with those hormones going through her, I don't think she was in complete control of her emotions there. Mm-hmm. Well, Alan Poole did, did talk a bit on the commentary about the character of Lisa and how actually she was actually just supposed to be a one-off character. And the episode, The Trip, like, you know, what we find out later happened, um, you know, they weren't actually planning on that actually happening. That would have been great if that's um, what they went with. Yeah. What, what? If they would have done it the original way. <laughs> oh, you mean not have her. Now I get it. Yeah. Oh, because there's something for Des to hate. <laughs> oh, God, I hate so much this this episode. I'm sorry, guys, you know, but I do. If you liked everything in these episodes, it wouldn't be as entertaining to hear your commentary on them. I'm sorry. And I, you know, and I usually like at least some of the stuff in the episodes, but this one there was not much to like at all. I okay. really did not like this one at all. All right. All I'm right. I'm I'm still you know 
a fan of the series, and I'm just hoping that, you know, maybe season three will, you know. Oh, you're done for the season. I, I think I think so. I really do. Okay. There's too many storylines that are just too much for me. All right, Moira, do you feel the same way? <laughs> um, no, not as badly. I there's some <laughs> that I'd like to see resolved, and we can get into that as the episode's going along because some of yeah. them are going to get resolved here. So, and that makes me happy. Okay. <laughs> one in <laughs> particular. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. So anyway. Well, uh, more about Lisa, everybody's favorite topic. Um, Alan Poole was talking about how they really liked Lily Taylor's performance as Lisa. Um, but bringing her back for, you know, more episodes meant that they needed to flesh her character out more. So, um, you know, you can start seeing more layers to her character in this episode. They said that he says that she's very, um, contradictory in um, her character is very flawed in that way that she is really a, like a sweet sweet um, you know woman but she's also got this controlling side that's coming up as a result of you know feeling taking advantage of and wanting to mm. have things exactly the right way so, so it's not just her, the hormones of being pregnant well that's disappointing well, maybe, maybe <laughs> saying this episode in particular, you know how she's like signed the damn papers. You know, I liked her more this. I liked her more this episode when I felt that she's just a really sweet person who holds everything in. But now that she's pregnant, she just keeps snapping. You know, but if that's if that's her actual personality when she's not pregnant too, I don't like her as much. Well, I think it's um, uh, that she's not very honest with herself because when she's having the discussions with Nate. About signing the papers, and at the end of that, as she's leaving, she's she's going on about, oh, you know, this is all really good, and I'm in a good place, and maybe it's all for the best, or however she, I, I can't remember quite what she said, but I remember thinking, oh, you're so full of shit right now. You mm-hmm. don't feel it's for the best. You're still pissed with them, and you're angry with them, and you have good good reasons to be, and so I didn't feel she was all that in touch with herself. I think she likes to pretend she's all crunchy granola connected yes. with her feelings, but I don't think she is. Yeah, you're talking about, she says she wishes Nate wanted to raise the baby with her, but she's proud in a way because she's having a child with the last person in the world who'd want one. And I yeah, just, so as she's saying about being prideful in herself, she's really just trying to throw a dig at him. Yeah. And I'm not saying the dig isn't justified. It is. Mm-hmm. But all I mean is that she's still not being honest with herself at that point. Do you know what I'm trying to say? It's mm-hmm. it's very conflicted. When they say she's conflicted, I think, yeah, but it's not just about being controlled. It's about having not... Um, owned up to how angry she was. And when she discounts her previous behavior, when she was so shrew like to him, my feeling is, no, you should be honest and say, well, you know what? I was pissed with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had reasons to be, I think that would have been more real to me than her trying to cover it up and saying, oh, I'm sorry. It was just the hormones. No, it wasn't. It wasn't just the hormones. You were pissed mm-hmm. with them because he was an ass. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't <laughs> see, cause I thought she was the type of person who would never, you know, have the confrontation, never, you know, didn't like that. Right confrontation and she just wanted to you know be very kind and loving to everybody all the time because that's how you know maybe i just find that really fake when people do that because i don't think everybody anybody can be that kind and loving all the time and be for real right (laughs) well sorry i mean yeah you do have you know times when you get upset or angry but um i i don't know i kind of liked it because i'm so not like that at all (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah. Well, we see in here that she's wearing the overalls of shame, so she's yes. allowed a little bit of pity. 
But they have the maternity overalls. Yeah. See, when you're pregnant, Robin, mm, yeah. anything goes. It'll still fit your big rounded belly is what I say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I used to be able to so, hold a teacup on my tummy when I would sit there. So, Although you know. I don't know why when you're pregnant you would want to wear overalls because unless they have a butt flap because uh, that's a lot of work to get down. Get off when you have to go to the bathroom. Stat. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, isn't it just like you know, unbuckle, unbuckle, drop, and they just fall? I mean, you don't wear <laughs> anything too tight to. Trust me, they don't ever. When you're in a hurry to <laughs> the bathroom, you're pregnant. They never work the way they're supposed to. <laughs> I used to have um, short alls, so yeah, I, I had issues with them all the time. Short alls. My yes, shorts that were overall shorts. It's a Florida thing. Do they make those for men? <laughs> live here. Um, yes, probably. Can or we send those to Brad? You can. Come. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So uh, what else happens? And uh, we kind of skipped the scene, but just finishing off the Nate and Lisa stuff, uh, Claire does. Claire comes down and uh, her reaction is, what's new? <laughs> 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 um, she says she bought a camera on eBay And it's stupid It's just a stupid thing That makes uh, me sad Because Claire's putting herself down And also uh, as an aside Claire's hair looks amazing in this whole episode I was fascinated by her wonderful red locks <laughs> They look beautiful Yeah, beautiful <laughs> um, Nate's signing away all custodial rights He wants to be more casual about it <laughs> No, <And> okay <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had a question. Didn't she say something about, okay, he was saying that um, they were going to be, you know, more casual about it. It wasn't going to be, you know, a big thing. And she was saying something about, um, now I can't remember what I was going to say, but he was, oh, she wanted to put his name on the birth certificate. Yes. So he had to sign away custodial rights. I don't understand that. Because if she names him as the father on the birth certificate, then legally he has rights. So he's agreeing to give them up and allow her to make all the decisions regarding the baby's welfare. Why bother to put his name on the birth certificate then? I think to um, so that the child will will know that the the father was known. And deep in the back of the body, she probably wants her like a legal document saying Nate Fisher had a a job with me. Yeah, I think so too. Because she's had such a thing for Nate forever. Yeah, well, Skyler's birth certificate does not have a father's name on it, and <clears throat> I've never had any issues. She knows who her father is. I just didn't name him because we weren't married. Oh, okay. So I just didn't get that. I, hmm. I think that's for Lisa's benefit. I guess yeah. so. Um, yeah, Lisa tells him to cut the BS, and she uh, she's ha- hanging out over by the uh, the corpse there. She says she wants to mess the corpse's corpse's hair up. <laughs> she says she wants to be a big mess when she dies. That's so strange. I'm I don't sure quite know what that means. Be. Yeah, she's kind <laughs> of a big her. mess in her life anyway. <laughs> she's pro- <laughs> she's such a hippie. She probably will be. Uh. <laughs> uh, okay, so back uh, we have. We have a quick scene with David in the midst of all that. David is freaking out about a coffee spell he makes because <laughs> Keith is, you know, going to kill him. Uh, Keith complains about uh, David's ugly-ass chair, and it seems like he's a big fan of Steve McQueen. And, uh, yeah, tells David to bring his videotape back. Yeah, and you can see the, the bickering starting. Yeah, I watch each Steve McQueen movie three times, four times, actually. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So I guess some things are starting to get to David a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. So Lisa's cranky, Keith is cranky, David's a little cranky, not as much as everybody else, though. Who mm-hmm. else is cranky in this episode? We'll find out soon. <laughs> well, Nikolai has purple foot. Um. <laughs> it's always been purple. <laughs> <laughs> he's got bad circulation. Uh, maybe he's got quarters strapped. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's uh, he's ready to go, but Ruth is not ready to let him go. Uh, we go to the, Sar- the Sarasis, and they're asking wait, for. Her- wait a minute! You oh. missed the best part of that scene. Go ahead. <laughs> when she walks out and he farts. Oh, no, no, that's, that's later. later. Oh, is it? <laughs> but you know, it's we're, but that's we're later. going one episode at a time, so we okay, can't look, make any more mistakes. I only write down the stuff that's most interesting <laughs> to me, and I don't always remember. You know, they're in chronological order, but Sorry. I skip. She skipped a lot. So you have you, you're not interested in the Sarasis at all, and how they're asking for traditional Thai Buddhist service. The hostile son. Didn't mm. have any mm-hmm. notes to put. It seemed very. I don't know. It's fine. I'm just kidding. She doesn't want to discuss their problems in front of this person. Yeah, nice. Nate is uh, doing his best. To, he's like, I rode the Zen in the art of motorcycle. Mate. That's, well, that's offensive. <laughs> I think he was good that he was honest and said, I've only been here a year. That was, that was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. David comes in cursing about Keith. <laughs> Looking really professional. But like as soon as bad. he goes through those curtains, it's like all business. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I love that. So yeah, we go, uh, we go to Nikolai's apartment now and Nikolai, Ruth thinks Nikolai rushed out too soon. She's worried about Yuri and uh, as much as she protests, Nikolai's pushing her out the door, and he ambles over, collapses in his easy chair. And that's when he farts. Yes. <laughs> A very satisfied, honest, earnest little fart. <laughs> Something he can freely do in his own home. Exactly. <laughs> Says uh, it Paul all. was talking about how, like, Nikolai just wants to get back to his comforts of his own home and, you know, back to his own life and not feel like... You know, a guest in somebody else's house or whatever, and that, and they added that fart in post to just kind of signify it, like he's just, you know, back to being, you know, bachelorette. What you mean to tell me the actor cannot <laughs> tune on demand? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying they just are like, oh, we should add a fart at the end. Of it. <laughs> I'm teasing you. Yeah. And the guy's like, fun. wait a minute, <laughs> this is not a method actor. <laughs> Uh, next episode, uh, next scene. Uh, Claire and Moira's favorite character, Parker, are <laughs> developing Claire's dead body pictures. I and liked Parker in this scene. I thought did? she was, um, you know, genuinely interested in in Claire's art. She may not understand it very well, but she was appreciative at least. It's not just making trouble. No, I didn't. I didn't hate her. I, although when she mentions Yale, I kind of rolled my eyes. I'm yeah. like, Ugh, yeah, right. And so, what does she say to um, Claire? She says, "Oh, you didn't play the game like I did." So, do you remember in a previous episode when we were discussing whether or not she was in on hiring the yeah, the, the stand-in? Clearly, we were right. Mm-hmm. She was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's true. Yeah, Claire doesn't seem very happy, but you know she's kind of going along with it. I think uh, just because you know they're still kind of friends, I suppose, but. Mm-hmm. Um, says she can't get into anything but community colleges like East Valley. Parker thinks she should just skip college and become a photographer. Oh, and these pictures she's assembling for an English assignment. Mm-hmm. Alan Poole said that he brought photographer Danny Feld in to shoot pictures of dozens of extras um, laying down like dead bodies. And then what it, 
the process uh, to make Claire's artwork or her, her pictures was a little bit more difficult than was originally planned because they they shot like hundreds of pictures or whatever, and then they were like, "Okay, now what would Claire shoot? What what what, what would Claire's artwork be like? You know?" So they had to, then they just filtered through that and pulled out pictures that they. How old Claire's is the actress who plays Claire? Um, Lauren Ambrose. Point, I'm not really sure. At that point, I'm mean, seriously thinking to myself, why do artistic people make it so damn difficult? They should have just gone to the actress who plays Claire and said, hey, <laughs> you pick which ones you think Claire would, would choose. Seriously. That would make That would have been easier. Or had her do it even. Honestly, I mean, God. she plays Claire so much that, you know, she could probably get into her head. You know, her head. Yeah. Yep. Well, she was 23 when she was shooting, or 24 when she was shooting this episode. Mm. Wow! Oh, wow! She doesn't look it. <laughs> she was born in seventy-eight. Oh God, she's a baby. <laughs> no. All right, so Brenda is meeting with Doctor Michelson, and she tells the doctor all about her exploits. Can I just say I love this doctor? <laughs> I love this doctor because she doesn't get suckered into Brenda's bullshit at all. Right. And yeah. I love the way she just listens, and then when she says something, it's it's. To the point, it's the cutting right thing to say. You know, she drives right to the home of things. I love it. I was just, I mean, I was glad to see that Brenda was uh, trying some therapy, but apparently it was, <laughs> she just heard what she wanted to hear. Literally, yeah. Brenda. Well, she was there to verify what she was doing wasn't that harmful. It was healthy, you know. And, and she's uh, sitting there analyzing herself, you know, yeah. I have sex with strangers and I get euphoria from these encounters. And she's going through and saying mm-hmm. all the babble speak, right? Yeah. Uh, and not really wanting to hear anything. Yeah, she's, and basically we find out that she doesn't think there's anything wrong with herself. She just wants to not feel bad about it. And I love when the label of sexual addiction comes up because as mm-hmm. soon as I heard that, I went, oh, yes, yes, that's what's wrong with her. <laughs> it's a perfectly yep. good label for her. And uh, that's apparently what Melissa thought. Thought was wrong with her mm-hmm. because this is the doctor that Melissa recommended to her, and mm-hmm. she didn't tell her that it was she was a sexual addiction specialist. Yeah. So, uh, My note to myself at the end of it, after the point where Brenda's doing her own voiceover, she's manipulating the voiceover of the doctor. You know that bit? Yeah. As I wrote down, Brenda's just full of shit. <laughs> it's her defense mechanism. It's what she does. That's what I put yeah. down. Well. Uh, I guess this is my last note about the commentary before I fall asleep. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of the uh, voiceover um, that they did, like the doctor saying what Brenda was thinking that she was thinking. Yeah, the projection gonna, of Brenda. They yeah. were going to put uh, porn star noises. It's just, <laughs> no, no, you can't hear the dialogue. Just hearing this moaning and groaning. And, but yeah, it didn't really I like the dialogue well. better. Yeah. I the dialogue better. <laughs> I just thought that was weird. But. Yeah. Um, David asked Nate uh, to clean the gold Buddha. Wait, can we just... I learned a new word there. Cremains. Cremains, I've never heard that before. (laughs) The cremated remains. The cremains. It sounds like the kind of word um, from a show that gave you those goofy commercials with the uh, goofy products from season one. (laughs) Yeah. That's an actual word. I mean, my father was cremated and we got his cremains, yeah. Yeah, no, I think well, it is an extra like, word, but I just, I don't know that I'd ever heard it. It's like um, celebrity names, you know? That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, it's exactly. a little cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Keith calls and says they're having swordfish, and when 
David gets off the phone with uh, Keith Nates going, well, I don't, why do you want swordfish? I thought you hated swordfish. And David says he's used to a little disagreement blowing up into kind of a big thing. Um, everything's a constant negotiation. And Hello, Nate wonders if that's what all relationships are like. Mm. Not, like not like that. Yeah, I disagree. Red flag. Yeah, if everything's you. leading to a fight, every little disagreement's leading to a fight, that's a problem. Desiree, Desiree, I just I pictured you and I like little little um, judges, like you know, for the Olympics, and we're on the sideline. Oh no, like football, yeah, like football, and we go boom, and we throw down a flag on the play. <laughs> the red flag, boom, the exactly. red flag on that play. I don't know what hand gestures you guys would give Keith, but uh... <laughs> something with the middle finger, probably. <laughs> probably. Oh boy! And speaking of what Nate has to put up with, we get a really, real close up of Maggie's face. Like, hi! Oh, God. That's um, the best little segue. <laughs> I made a note of it. It was hilarious. <laughs> I, ha- I have a question. What the hell is floating in those green drinks? Was that a muffin? Did she put muffins in those drinks? I or something? Tell. I thought it was something fruity, maybe. It was like, brown. <laughs> well, I thought it might have been like a dark berry. You know, like um. Boysenberries or something. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> she's like pushing it down. It looked like she was sticking like you know muffin tops down in it. It was so weird. It I, was. It, it, it's some sort of uh, of uh, like a pine cone or thistle or something like that. Like some sort of herb or something. Some kind of grunge. Um, th- yeah, I, I remember this actually from the commentary. I guess I hadn't fallen asleep just yet. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're just making this up as you go along. Was, aren't you? No, it was, it, this is something that she learned in Belize, and um, you see the drink actually pop up later in David or Nate's little dream. The so. comment she made about the impoverished <laughs> about, town. Yes. Yeah. Did that offend you? It offended me. Yes, it offended the crap out of me. Oh, Jeez. because people in an impoverished town only exist for our pleasure. You know, for our alcohol making. Yes. <laughs> just oh, this is ridiculous. So yeah. a little a little tidbit drop in the scene. Uh, nobody knows where Billy is. <laughs> that was disappointing yeah. that there was no Billy in this episode. Yeah, See, I wasn't. I don't care. I like. That's okay because Burns back. <laughs> Ew! They're better than ever. Um, <laughs> oh, the husband. Yes. And the worst part about the whole thing is when she talks about how they, in fact, started dating when she was still his patient, which just <laughs> totally made. That me. says a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, about both of them. <laughs> and none of it positive. <laughs> yeah, they have been having great sex, though. So. Oh, okay. there you go. <laughs> Uh, some other, I laughed the fact that, uh, uh, they're talking about what, what got them back together. And he's, she says, your whore dumped you. And he's like, oh, but it was cause I was subconsciously pushing her away <laughs> cause I was missing you or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Bernard, Bernard and Nate leave the table and Brenda is very mad that she, Maggie took him back and, uh. Maggie warns her, says, you need to get your shit together and don't blow with this one because you are a major handful. That's probably one of the most accurate things she's said in ages. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably like the um, most uh, wise thing that's ever come out of her mouth. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't the nicest way to put it, though. Oh, Maggie. Maggie Maggie doesn't do nice. (laughs) She doesn't do sugarcoating. Um, Keith wonders why David didn't tell him about the fish and David says that he scares him and he wants everything to be perfect. And if he doesn't do what he wants, Keith will probably leave him. That's what he's worried about. And I'm thinking to myself, it's being pathetic. 
Well, I'm thinking David is doing such a good job evaluating quite accurately what is going on there, and Keith just shuts him down. Mm-hmm. Turns so, the off and turns over. So my Keith's love is rapidly fading into cremation I told remnants. <laughs> I, told you, I told you last season. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to get your wish, Desiree. I think the it Keith would, and David are going to be kaput. You know, it would, it would be nice to see David doing some more of the dating thing because mm-hmm. we have Nate in a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Claire's just a teenager, you know. Um, it, it would be nice to see someone dating different people like that. Yeah, um, for some variety. Yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed, the, you know, the times that we've seen him go on dates. So. Yeah, we've liked some of his dates material, yes. haven't we? Exactly. I liked his lawyer. I liked the lawyer back. <laughs> the public was defender. That Adam Scott. Coop. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I want him back. He's dating. Um. Uh. What's her face now? Uh. What's her name? Do you She's... mean in real life? Are you... No. What are you talking about? On the show, Parks oh. and Rec. What's her oh. Name? Amy Poehler's character. Amy Poehler. He's dating forgot. Amy Poehler now. Oh, well, he's he switched sides. <laughs> So, uh, kind of speaking of season one, though, he's, he, we kind of get a little flashback to it because uh, David goes on saying that um, he thinks that him being mad about David not coming up before just made everything David's fault. So. Again, I think he has a lot of insight. Mm-hmm. Rico is playing with Julio in the embalming room. Nate is disapproving. And Desiree and Moira are disapproving. Yes. <laughs> because Rico is so fallen down on our list of people that, you know, and he can just quit and go somewhere else. Once again, he acts entitled. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like he had no, Okay, so if you have no one to watch a child at all in the whole wide world, don't go into work. You know, don't expect <clears throat> to, you know, he expects too much from his employers. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Plus, I don't even believe him. With that kind of personality in those families, you're not going to tell me there aren't a million relatives and mamas and papas <laughs> willing to watch those kids? I'm not buying that. Oh. They have so many relatives that are coming out their armpits. So, please. Yeah. I swear he just does it to test them, you know, on some level. He's just, oh, oh, he's just thinks he's entitled to whatever the hell he wants. Cause However, I thought the next scene with cleaning the Buddha with, this, with the little boy was pretty funny. Yeah, he says he's asking about Buddha, and uh, Nate says that Buddha knows the secret to everything. And what does Julio say? <laughs> My dad knows everything. My <laughs> dad knows nothing, boy. That's what I'm thinking. And you know, Nate doesn't know a lot, but I think Nate even knows more than Rico does. <laughs> yeah. All right, and and uh, it was the shiniest Buddha. I mean, that Buddha really went from dull and boring to gleaming, yeah. didn't it? <laughs> In an instant. <laughs> Um, and Nikolai's Ruth shows up for a surprise sleepover. And did you notice the picture? Yes. Yes, of wife his and wife son. and son. I was hoping you guys noticed that. Yeah. I was I was assuming his son was older, like grown, but I guess not. But it might I be just an old... if he was still alive. Yeah, maybe he would be older. Uh, well, I guess it depends on how long ago he died, because you know Nikolai's about the same age as Ruth. Mm-hmm. Her children are older, but mm-hmm. yeah, I was thinking it was like a grown child. The scene was sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was. Why do I want pictures of little berries in my drawers? <laughs> I don't do. know either. <laughs> do that's so Ruthie. <laughs> yeah, she needs to stop trying to you know force. 
her ways on everybody, damn it. But it's sweet when he says he loves her. He loves Ruthie, but he can't, you know, he can't go and be with her. Yeah, that's fine. We can skip ahead. With it. It, it does, it, it seems like it's going good with the contact paper and everything, you know, and then all of a sudden the next scene with them is she's asking him to move in and yeah, he, he loves her, but he doesn't want to. And he, and he starts with the, uh, it's not you, it's me stuff. <laughs> but what I loved about that is at least he was honest. Unlike all the other relationships we're looking at lately, mm-hmm. you know, right. he's, it's coming but from she, the heart. She didn't even want to listen. She's grabbing her crap and heading for the door while because he's Because that's Ruth. She shuts down her feelings. And I think she takes forever to sit and stew on them before she can figure them out. I just think she gets totally overwhelmed. Everyone was just being a jerk this episode. And <laughs> Fish of the Week is going to be fun. Yep. If uh, if there's anybody who's a jerk, it's Claire's English teacher who gives her an F. On no, 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 oh, no. Go ahead. I am sorry. Okay, it was a great project. Really, it was a great project. But if the teacher told you to write a paper and you turn in photos and you don't write a paper, it's your own fault if you get an F. Okay. If he gave you a creative project and says do something creative that it expresses how you feel about these poems, mm-hmm. then what she did was great. But that is not what he told her to do. She is getting all upset because she didn't follow directions and now she got a bad grade. Gentle Fisher Crafts listeners, just FYI, Desiree is actually a student right now. So yes, this is dear to her heart, learning how to get good grades in college. <laughs> <laughs> and Desiree gets really good grades, by the way. So listen to Desiree. Directions. You know, yes. The teacher tells you what to do. If you don't do what the teacher tells you to do, you cannot expect to get a good grade because one part of high school is learning to follow directions and learning how to be responsible and do what you're supposed to do you know you're ready for the real world but having said that and i don't disagree with you i still felt sorry for claire because i think she was trying to find a way of expressing herself and it was coming from her heart and i feel like every time she's trying to do that she's just getting shut down Mm -hmm. one way or another and it's like there's just nobody in her corner it seems that way yeah, this kind of starts that. the downward spiral of uh, Claire getting discouraged over and over again. Yeah, yeah I feel for her for not being able to creatively express yeah. herself, but right. she picked the wrong place and time to do it. I agree with you. you she did. I mean? She should have been more savvy, and she's a smart girl. I mean, yes. in terms of, you know, sort of street smart, smart in some ways. If she wanted to do this project, she should have talked to the teacher ahead of time and yeah. get permission first if it was right. something that that's not what they were doing. So, you know, mm-hmm. I understand that, you know, she felt bad, but still, it is her own fault for not following directions. This would have been a great extra credit assignment, I think. Yeah. Yes. Or awesome. an art project. I mean, it's um, really imaginative to, to link the poems in each one of them to a yeah. person, to a deceased. It was very cool. So really, yes, I, I, I thought, thought this great. inspired me. I want, you, I want you to look at this. This is what this brought out in me and uh, could, you know, perhaps maybe a couple extra points on my paper as a result or whatever. You know? Yes. If it had been a companion piece to the paper, she probably would have been getting an A triple plus. Yeah. yeah exactly. Mm. Anyway. And we find out that the teacher went to East Valley, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's really making Claire feel good. <laughs> um, so Keith calls to tell David, David that they're having lunch with Taylor and Carla on Saturday. Oh, Des and Moira groan that they're coming back to the episode. I, I not only groan, but I also am getting really tired of Keith's dictatorial, argumentative, confrontational manner over everything. Mm. 
I mean, what he's no fun to be around right now. I don't think he wants to be with David. I think that's why he's acting like this all the time. Well, and it's just some, some kind of PTSD angst about, you know, having to control every little thing because he couldn't control shooting that guy. You know what I mean? If that's where it's coming from, go get some help. You have enough um, police psychologists available to you at no cost that you can go get some help. So get some because you're annoying me. <laughs> annoying me too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when David calls him on this, he kind of laughs it off and hangs up on him. Yeah, I, uh, that was just uh, dicky. He was being a dick. Mm-hmm. Back at Brenda's, um, see, I'm remembering stuff from the commentary now that I didn't write down. Maybe I just listened to it. Maybe half asleep. Subliminally. <laughs> but uh, uh, Alan Poole said that this scene, um, Rachel Griffiths specifically asked that she be doing something during this scene because... Both these uh, women, um, you know, they can't have like a serious conversation or they end up being very truthful with each other. And, um, you know, you see most of the time when they're together, they're like smoking a joint, having a drink, going to a party, um, you know, and they're bringing up something uh, uh, serious like uh, Brenda's therapy or whatever and what she thought of it and how she felt that Melissa set her up, you know, a bit in this. Um but yeah, she says, I'm the only one who can solve my own problems. Mm. I was thinking she had quite an artful way of rimming glasses. It was impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then she thinks, oh, maybe next time I should include Nate. <laughs> okay, we could all see where that was going, right? You just knew she was going to say, no, no, I got to go check it out for me first. Yeah. Right? Ugh. So do you think this is ever, that her sexual adventures will ever include Nate? No. No. I don't think Nate will go for it. No. no. <laughs> okay, there we go. Uh, yeah, so uh, Melissa offers that they go see a couple that sleeps with strangers. Um, yeah, and Brenda says she wants to try it out first. Um, Nate, David, and Claire are eating cereal for dinner because we're I just love I've cereal done that. for dinner. I love <laughs> cereal for dinner. I don't get it very often, but it's so delicious. <laughs> Sometimes. It's such a yes. treat. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, so you can see right here where they really rely on mom a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hello, they're grown men. <laughs> yeah, and they can't manage to throw together a meal. <laughs> well, that probably says more about Ruth than them. Because I bet <laughs> she true. is the kind of person who doesn't let them do that kind of stuff. Yeah. She's always got to have the meal on the table for them. She's the queen of the kitchen. Yeah. So, uh, again, Nate has the uh, bit of... Uh, we have our classic, uh, we're mad, really upset about something else. And all of a sudden we're going to get completely overly outraged about something that I really, really maybe shouldn't get too totally outraged about. So yeah. So they, they, they find, uh, Claire's artwork, her project and yeah, Nate flips right out. what did you guys think about that? I wrote down everyone's an asshole this week. <laughs> Pretty much. I think I think he could have said what he needed to say to her better. Yes. Um, because it's not like anybody found it or it's not like they actually got in trouble. It's not like when she took the foot. He flipped out more over these pictures than he did over the missing foot. <laughs> yes, but his um, a girl he slept with behind his girlfriend's his fiance's back wasn't pregnant at the time of the foot. <laughs> right. That's so, true. hey, he has stressors <laughs> for Nate. <laughs> And how this scene ends is awesome because Ruth comes in wanting to know what's going on. And they're Mm -hmm. like, nothing. And they're like, why are you back so soon? And she says, none of your business. (laughs) 
So yeah. they're still communicating very well. Everyone's an asshole this week. <laughs> so uh, at this point, uh, I got to ask you guys, this kind of, I jetted this down in my notes. Do you guys want this family to be perfect? I mean, do you, do you think that it, this is getting tiring? How like, you know, one way they're coming together and all of a sudden they're again, they're back to being secretive and snippy at each other about, I don't find it. I don't think they're regressing because for instance, when, um, Nate and David are talking about his relationship with Keith, mm-hmm. it actually seems very relaxed and, um, close in a way, even though Nate has no brilliant insights to offer. It's just neat the way he feels he can comment on it. Right. And that that's okay. Um, I, you know, I don't, the answer is no, I don't want them to be perfect. Mm-mm. I guess I'm not tired of it yet. You know, I'm tired of David and Keith bickering, but yeah. I don't feel like the clashing is really so much within the Fishers. Like, for instance, you know, Ruth is, inc- is um, including David's uh, boyfriends and she's, trying very hard to be okay with it. And I think she's succeeding. So some things are involving evolving, sorry, in the Fisher household, I think anyway. Yeah. What do you, what do you think does? Um, I agree. I think that, um, you know, they're starting to make progress as a family, but of course they're pretty dis- dysfunctional. They're not going to be perfect all, you know, right away. They'll never be perfect actually, but mm-hmm. it's, um, I, I feel like they've made a lot of progress and, you know, sure. Sometimes they're, assholes but uh <laughs> most of the time they're doing much better than they started out i think claire seems the one the most adrift right now right to me the most lacking in the support anyway that's true that's true um yeah just because you know uh i i i think that sometimes people watch tv shows and they go oh, why, why are they acting flawed still they just <laughs> They just got their shit together. Why? Mm-hmm. See, I don't like, have you know, a problem. Yeah. I don't have a problem with them acting flawed. I don't have a problem with them having issues, you know, as a family. I do have a problem with the sheer number of stupid decisions everyone's making <laughs> and the number of storylines that are just really sad and pathetic. That's what I have a problem with. I blame the writers, not the uh, characters. Yeah, I think they got to wrap up some of these things. We need some yeah. climaxes and decisions and, you know, we'll see. Moving on. Yep. Yeah. So speaking of all the stuff that you're happy about, uh, Carla and Taylor hit a bum on the way to that. <laughs> oh, God. I wrote down, God. oh, God, make Carla and Taylor go away. <laughs> Yeah, uh, not Taylor. Uh, I, I I'll keep Taylor. I just want Carla to go away. And I got so mad when I saw this. Because <laughs> it, was, uh, it was like in Friday Night Lights that one time, <laughs> and I was like, seriously, mm-hmm. we're gonna do one of these, and then they're gonna have to keep the secret, and oh, they're gonna have to bury a body, and all this horrible stuff. But luckily, they pretty much wrapped this one up. <laughs> I, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's like, come on, really, seriously. And it, it was heart wrenching to me when she turns to Taylor and uses the line, not only that it's our little secret, but also, you know, do you want me to go away? I mean, oh, how do you, do, you do that to your eight year old? Yeah, it's horrible. Well, going to anyway, because she's probably high. But yeah, you know well, what I'm that's... saying? What a thing to yeah. do. Yeah, sure. the, and the first thing sure, she does sure, is like sure. searching the car for drugs and yeah. um, and identifying and then... thing, whatever. 
I don't know what she's planning to do. Ditch the car? I didn't quite understand that, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe you say it was stolen. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think she was saying that, uh, I think she was just looking, checking the car for drugs just in case they were seen and then they're going to get pulled over on the way to Keith and David's. Oh, maybe. I think that was what it was. I mean, because I've done it before. I mean, yeah, I, you, <laughs> after, you hit, after you hit an old bald white guy? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, they say it's our little secret. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I did write in my notes. I said, Carla and Taylor hit a bum. Des and Moyer throw their notes at the TV set. <laughs> <laughs> Just about. <laughs> you pulled it, honey. <laughs> you curse a lot. <laughs> um, Parker and Claire are taking a tour of East Valley. Parker is actually trying to be a good friend, pointing out things, good things about it. She sees an advertisement for phone sex operators. <laughs> and, and immediately the second that, that Claire's back is turned, snatches that phone number. <laughs> that was funny. I could, I bet she'd be a great phone That's sex That's what operator. I was thinking. She'd be good. Yeah, she has no morals, no boundaries. <laughs> yeah, no moral center, speaking of. Yeah. You know, like, like Melissa was accused of later in the episode. Yeah, no moral center. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so... <sighs> I mean, she's going to Yale. Claire, well, she might be going to East Valley. She she may be going to other places. She's definitely not going to Yale, I don't think, right? Right. So do you guys think you're going to miss Parker at all? Or you think you can, you're hoping Parker comes back at all? Or I, I won't miss Parker. <laughs> I won't miss Parker since in this episode she's kind of dull. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. when she's the troublemaking Parker, I like her. <laughs> this yeah. one, she was just kind of a, just about a good friend. I know it was rather shocking. <laughs> yeah, um, Claire is uh, Claire's discouraged about her photography, and she says she's going to try some business courses. Yeah, oh, maybe sad thing ever. Yeah. So Carl and Taylor show up at David and Keith's. Well, we do have Keith and David bickering a bit at the beginning, and we find out that uh, Keith has been having some nightmares, so he's still dealing with this stuff. And, or not uh, dealing with this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then when, yeah, Carla and Taylor show up, Taylor rushes into David's arms. That was sweet. And uh, Taylor is jumping up and down on the bed. <laughs> and David's like, stop, what if Keith catches us? Oh, man. Um, and then she says, my mom ran over somebody on Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell us a secret. Secrets are stupid. People are always find out about secrets. Just kidding. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, meanwhile, Brenda's blowing off Nate over the phone and Nate's straining over, uh, custodial papers I wrote here. Oh, Melissa and this is kind of all intertwined here. Melissa and Brenda show up to the orgy. Orgy. This, this reminds Brenda of her childhood. Wait, have we skipped over Nate's ghosts completely or am I out of order? No, we're out of order. You're out of order. Okay. You're out, out of order. order. You're out of order. You can't handle the truth. Anyway, yeah. There was Melissa... lots of naked in this orgy. It was like the only redeeming quality of the episode. <laughs> yeah, Melissa's irritated, and Brenda does some blow with some parents, and then she. Looks okay, I have I have a little tip for people in terms of their their safety and health, okay? <laughs> when you're doing cocaine with people, please bring your own straw. You can catch hepatitis A doing that. Did you know that? From just no, one- I did not know that. Yeah. But so please also, don't. I don't really? do blow. <laughs> Ever. I don't either. But I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. All right. 
<laughs> That's your tip from Moira. The more you know. You know, no condom use, Brenda. God knows, probably. She's doing blow with people and sharing straws. Really, she should just shoot herself now. I knew about the condom thing. but Can we do a, a segment for FisherCast from now on and just call it the Moira No? <laughs> <laughs> no with an N-O or no with a K-N-O-W? <laughs> oh, K-N-O-W, of course. <laughs> I think I was just called a know-it-all. <laughs> Um, yes, uh, the next scene, we just get a quick, uh, wait, wait, rating. Wait, 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 medical minute instead? <laughs> <laughs> Boring. Yeah. Uh, triple M, maybe that. <laughs> gotta, gotta spice it up a bit. Um, the next scene, David's, uh, telling Keith, uh, about what Taylor said. This is, like, later in the evening. Mm-hmm. And he just thinks it was kind of silly and maybe maybe Taylor made it up. And Keith immediately calls the police to find out After if there was a hit run. Jumping <laughs> down David's throat again. Yes. Yes. And not in the hot way. <laughs> yeah, not in the hot way. Instead of being grateful that David told him. Right. Like, oh, anyway, whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he did hold off for quite a while. And it was because of his fear of Keith. <laughs> he held off, but you know who but knows. But he you know? also didn't know if it was really real not. And he's not going to say that in front of them. He's not going to say that when the sister's no. still there, right? No. Like, yeah. what do you think he was going to tell him? Real? Well, I don't know. I, I think David. If David pulled Keith out of the room and told him, it would be more, it'd be better. Especially I, since they said that they hit somebody <laughs> on the way there. I got more. This of person a, could be laying on the side of the road bleeding. I, I had more of a thought that maybe David thought it was Taylor was having some issues with lying more so than that they actually ran somebody down. Yeah, that's what I think too. I don't think he really truly believed it. No, oh, I, I don't think know. David believed it, but um, really, I, I don't know. I think he should have been smarter about it. No, I don't think David believed it because I think David's the kind of guy if he if he really thought somebody was lying in the road wounded, he probably would have pulled him aside and said, yeah. Something. Yeah. "Yeah, No, I think he thought this was a kid just being a bit of a smartass. Right. I think he was more concerned about you know Taylor uh, with her mom and the lying and what's right. going on with so her. Maybe that was an indicative of Taylor being troubled. Right. Right. That's, what I, that's how I took exactly. it, and that's why he's not going to say it till later when they're alone. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I'm siding with David more, on this one. I think he was <laughs> most uh, most worried about upsetting Keith in one way or another. So, <laughs> yeah, probably too. <laughs> um, yeah. So here we go. Nate's looking over papers when a little girl walks in, <laughs> and she says, "You killed me seven years ago." <laughs> um, I'm I'm Lisa's kid. She's like she's Lisa's kid, and don't worry, she's pro-choice. <laughs> and then another girl, another another boy walks. A boy walks in and she says that he says that uh, he's the child of uh, some Starbucks girl that he nailed or whatever. And then another, and then we see a whole room full of them being served milk and cookies by Ruth. For a minute, I at... thought we were launching into an episode of A Christmas Carol: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The Ghosts of Abortion's Past. Yeah, my this word. Is... Ruth gives uh, Nate a knowing look, and then his little Asian kid says he knows the secret to everything, but you'll never know because you killed us. Mm-hmm. This I was ready to turn off the TV when this <laughs> part came up. It was so Didn't ridiculous. Like uh, Absolutely ridiculous. I thought it was interesting. I, I can't. I yeah. It, I, I was. Do like, men okay. have guilt about this? I think. I think that. They have too big of imaginations, <laughs> yes, you know, on this show. Mm. Because, okay, right, 
what's your face did get an abortion seven years ago, I guess. But the other ones are all in his head. Yeah. So but, well, I mean, he's well, he's he's expanding. Well, no, it sounds so like the one. If, uh, the, the, I think the first three him. might be real. I don't know about the rest. Yeah. I, I don't. I think it was more of he thought. Well, I slept with that one girl that one time, and we didn't really use protection. But you know, I don't think anything came out of it. Because he, the, the kid even said, you know, my mom wasn't ever going to tell you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how would he know? <laughs> so it's all in his head, except for the first one. What well, about the girl, know, the older girl that was his high school sweetheart? Was, yeah. That one seemed like it was real. I didn't think mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't, that's, that's I don't the know. Thing. We, know, we definitely know that the Lisa, Lisa's first child there that mm-hmm. she aborted was, was real. And that well, not um, real per se, but you and know, of course she's call, a pro-choice yeah. child because she's Lisa's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought this was uh, a little wild, but I also thought I, I kind of fell for Nate in this, you know, um, because I, I to answer your question, where I, I do believe that men do feel a lot of guilt um, when this is was happened. I mean, mm. You know, at least men with uh, who with consciences, men with soul, <laughs> with souls, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I think but, he was being overly melodramatic. Well, imagine. yeah, well, he's probably like. Yeah. I mean, st- imagine this pregnant woman shows up and is like, "I'm pregnant, and here's your, here's yours. You know, this is your child or whatever." So it, it, deal with that situation. Don't imagine old things that never happened. <laughs> you know? well, he's having a bad dream. Oh, just ridiculous. I felt, I felt bad for him. I thought it was a little over the top, but I, you know, obviously so many kids, you know, just went crazy. And with Ruth with the milk and cookies giving him this little smirk, I was like, wow. That was the funniest look she was giving him. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Keith finds out that the hit and run was actually Carla. Um. And now we go back to the party and this older couple, including... Um, <sighs> Brenda's boobs. Brenda's Bill... boobs, which are distracting. Does not. Does no one else notice them? No. They're the strangest no. shape ever. See, I don't. Mm, I just think she has a, a bra with lots of support. I don't know. They're very weird. <laughs> Bill Buchanan from Twenty Four is there with his wife, and uh, um, they're talking about how hot their marriage is um, since they started swinging. Mm-hmm. And Melissa's board walks off, and the husband invites Brenda to bed to try out their new little toy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Nate and David watch the Buddhist wake begin, and um, taking pictures. I suppose I meant. I don't know why I wrote taking pictures. Who was taking pictures? Somebody was, was a family member. Of the body. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah Claire was, was miffed. Saying, yeah, Claire's pissed about it. And Nate apologizes. To her, but for actually just going to Brenda's bridal party. That's what he's apologizing for. But, uh, yeah, speaking of, Maggie loves how pale Claire is or is shocked by it. <laughs> and, hey, uh, wasn't we... that the gift they t- that Ruth took? That was mm-hmm. the most ginormous box to hold napkin rings, didn't you think? <laughs> I wonder what else was in that box. Well, the fact that she has a gift closet at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, crazy. I used to have that when my kids were little. And I had a few choice little, uh, like, boy-girl kind of gifts. Because you you'd sometimes get invited to a kid's birthday party and you just didn't have a whole lot of time to go out and shop. And it was it was handy, actually, to have a couple standby things for <laughs> gift emergencies. 
Well, yeah. she said she gave her, gave, is giving her the napkin rings because she had nothing else in her gift closet. Well, maybe it's time to go shopping. I mean, it is going to be your daughter-in-law. You know, yes. a little more than napkin rings, maybe. Maybe. Very um, and then we see Brenda stumbling in late with Melissa. And she looks completely she like looks she's done like tons of blow. Oh yeah, she's so <laughs> put away wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the wake, uh, we see the Buddhist ceremony, and they're pouring water into this bowl. It cleanses you of anything you ever did to the deceased. And David tells Nate that he has to pour the water over the oldest tree in their yard. Um, I love that David knows. Um, you know, all these, uh, these things with different, you know, different kinds of funerals and different beliefs mm-hmm. and that he actually, you know, practices them, even the ones that the people don't see. That's the part that I thought was so cool. Even the yes. stuff that he, in theory, could just get away with not doing, he chooses right. to honor them and do it. That's neat. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Excellent. Um, Ruth asks Brenda what's new. Brenda tells her everything. <laughs> no, and she damn doesn't. it, it's an imaginary conversation. <laughs> Crap. Because I, had I a wanted fit. it to be real. I had a fit, and then it was like, uh, it was not real. I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, they love to do that to us. Um, but yeah, Ruth tells Brenda that she loves her. Then I was me. wondering if that part was real, or if Ruth was imagining her. <laughs> 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 no, that was real, and she just totally kind of breaks uh, Brenda down by saying that she just she's so independent and she's so accepting of Nate. She doesn't know how how she does it, and she says that she doesn't resent her; she admires her. Don't you think that's that's really indicative of Ruth's growth for her to yes. be able to do that? Yes, I thought definitely. that was really cool. And I, I was hoping this would be a wake-up call for Brenda. So. Me too. I was yeah. so hoping there would be a, you know, a light going off in her head at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact that Ruth actually told her she loves her, uh, you know, I think that should do worlds for her because she thought she hated her. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, feels, uh, I think she has low self-esteem. Yes. And this also speaks a bit about Ruth, uh, what she just got done with Nikolai, you know, their relationship uh, falling apart or whatever. And maybe well, she's being too clingy and not being as independent as uh, she thinks she should be. Well, that's right. what she was making allusions to. Yes, clearly. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and also, weren't they drinking the punch with the green alcohol in it? So she's probably a little <laughs> drunk, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, she definitely had to pee. Uh, <laughs> she yes, Amanda. that was quite urgent, wasn't it? <laughs> She finds Claire dozing in a corner, and Claire's sick and tired of everything. And then Ruth uh, bumps into Bernard coming out of the bathroom in his robe. No, but wait, wait, back up. It wasn't oh, sweet the way to check her temperature. She, she gives her a kiss on the forehead. Oh, That's yeah. I, I was just saying, she said she, um, she said she had a headache or something, didn't she? And then she said, "Let me check. Let me let me feel your forehead." I'm like, "Really? You gonna feel the forehead?" Yeah. You're going to go straight to a fever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I, she kissed her, so that was cute. It was cute. Uh, she was very drunk, I think. You thought Ruth was drunk? Yes. Oh, wow. Really? I really I, did. She I, seemed a little more open than usual. I guess so. Uh, and she was That's drinking true. the punch, and the punch had the liquor in it. And then, you know, kissing <laughs> Claire like that, I, I think she felt a little more, you know, mm. free to 
female. Good thing she hadn't done ecstasy because she would have just been having sex with, you know, Mr. Chenoweth in the bathroom. Yes. Yeah, in the bathroom with that robe. I was worried he was going to hit on her. I was too. I got that sense too. I thought he was going to, you know, yeah, slip a hand over, do a little feely job, as Brenda would say. <laughs> well, then he asks Ruth about uh, Claire's depression. So, um, so he's as inappropriate as his wife in terms of what's. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, she said she breaks it right off and says she has to use the bathroom. Yes. Um, but do you think that this is going to lead to Claire being in therapy? Like <sighs> more than just with uh, what's his face? Well, first off, I'm not convinced Claire's depressed. I think Nor Claire's I. A- aimless and trying to find herself and mm-hmm. not feeling very supported. But I haven't seen signs that make me think, oh, yeah, she's clinically depressed. So he's jumping no. to. He hasn't even, when has he seen this girl for him to decide that she's depressed? Exactly. He was <laughs> listened to their conversation for like one minute. Yes. And then he. I hate people like that. Therapists like that. <laughs> they'll listen to you for five minutes and prescribe drugs. And mm. that's ridiculous. You need yes. to get you know time to get to know people. But I don't see her as being... I mean, she may be a little down right now, but I don't yeah. think she's actually depressed in the clinical sense at all. Well, we go to a little montage here as the monks start to chant. And uh, Carla is being taken away in handcuffs. Her brother looking Yay! on. Yes. <laughs> Wrap that shit up. Hopefully we're done with her. <laughs> Ruth stares out the uh, the bathroom window or whatever. the A window in uh, Brenda's apartment. Or uh, Maggie's apartment. And uh, the, the wind is blowing and it's looking nice. Um, Bernard is chatting up Melissa as Brenda watches. <laughs> Um, David brings Taylor's things to her, his apartment and Taylor's there and she's looking really mad at him. Mm-hmm. And Nate pours the water as his dead children look on. Approvingly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So maybe all is forgiven. Um, next scene, Brenda breaks up with Melissa. Says that she's blaming her problems on her. <laughs> pretty I much. love how Melissa sees right through her. Mm-hmm. Melissa is so much more uh, together than Brenda. Well, this is yeah. the irony. She Melissa is more yeah. morally centered than Brenda right. is, right? It's, Despite the accusation. Well, maybe, maybe um, she did have a wake up call, and this is kind of an excuse. Like the first, you know, I'm, Melissa would probably actually be helpful, but she's also a reminder of. You know, mm-hmm. all this. So maybe getting rid of Melissa will be her first step towards not doing this stuff anymore. And I think you're right that that was probably triggered by Ruth's declaration. Yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. So I hope this is the beginning of something good for Brenda because I'm really tired of her experiments. Encounters, yeah. Her encounters, whatever she calls them. I'm sick of them. Well, we are wrapping up the season, so we'll <laughs> see. <laughs> but we have to say goodbye to Melissa. That's it for her character. She's Aww. She's gone. So, as the elevator doors close, we say goodbye to Kelly Waymeyer. Very good job on Six Feet Under. Yeah. Um, So, the next scene, Nate tells Lisa about his AVM. So, I guess he didn't tell her about it back then. No, he was too busy having sex with her, apparently. (laughs) Kind of broke down crying, and they had sex, and (laughs) that was it. Uh, He tells her that he's changed and wants to be a part of their child's life. And she asks if it's a, about you being a father for someone or being scared to death. He's not sure. So she's a, she's overjoyed anyway until she finds out that he hasn't told Brenda. 
apparently he hasn't changed. Stay out of our lives. And he that's can't ridiculous. see why that's an issue? <laughs> God. <laughs> see, I, I find that ridiculous because it doesn't matter if he told Brenda or not because if this child's important to him, it'll be more important than Brenda is. So mm. whether she likes it or not, you know, if she can't handle this child that is part of his life, then, you know, things won't work out for him and Okay, Brenda. but here's the thing. Now, see, I'm with, I'm with Lisa on this one because I think if you're going to say to Lisa, yeah, I want to be a part of this kid's life, and you haven't even clear, you haven't even admitted to your supposed fiancé life partner that you fathered right. a child in the first place, then you're putting the cart before the horse. I He's also, not being honest with Brenda. This is bullshit. I mean, I also feel, you want Lisa, but it's crap. I also feel like he went to her because she's been so... Uh, negative about him being a parent at all that he had to clear it with her before he even tells Brenda because otherwise there's no point, you know? I mean, if she says, no, you can't be a father to this child, then, you know, go your separate oh, I way. guess I won't tell Brenda then. Yeah, yeah I know, right? I mean, because seriously. But, yeah, Just was- more stupid secrets mm-hmm. and BS and crap. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, I, I would have to say... The only thing neg- negative I had to say about Lisa in this scene is, could she, maybe she could have said like asked one more question like, "Are you planning on telling her?" And yeah. then if he was like, "Uh, uh," then maybe right. flip out like that. Maybe, but to, but to her defense, she knows him so well, and yeah. she's seen his patterns that I think maybe for her it just smacks he's not, too familiar. I don't, I don't think he's the same guy that he was. I think he, you know, I mean, we've seen him change during the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. I, I want to see if he tells Brenda. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Show me that scene next episode. So uh, we find out uh, all the different secrets in this episode. I would like to ask you guys, uh, the next episode is called The Liar and the Whore. What do you think that, that episode title is all about? Brenda's the whore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe. The liar would be Nate. Yeah, that's my theory. Pretty easy one. Uh, I got it right. Do I get a cookie? Well, I don't know. You know, there were many secrets in this episode. Maybe there are other liars, liars and whores. Um, So Steph will be joining us for that. Um, So we're all done with this episode. Let's wrap it up and go to uh, a quick break from our friends at tuning into Sci-Fi TV. Pass it on to the other guys, and I got it from his corpse. Right. Hello, Echo. How are you feeling? Did I fall asleep? For a little while. Previously on Heroes. You had to go and be the detective, didn't you, Matt? I'm not an aggressive person, but... Oh, man, there's just way too much on all these channels. But only in-game. Everybody lives, Rose. Just this one. In your dreams, Nutloaf. Bite my shiny metal hat. Sometimes I get, I get vision. Walter, what are you doing? What you learned? I wish there was some way to find out what's really worth watching. There is. What? Who? What was that? Tuning into Sci-Fi TV is the viewer's guide to genre television. Where is that coming from? With its spoiler-free quick reviews and water cooler and the spoiler-filled in-depth back porch discussions, Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV is the only resource fans need to know what's on, what's good, and what's coming soon in science fiction and fantasy television. How did you get into my house? Join Kevin, Wendy, and Brent each week for the latest in genre television. I'm calling the police. Uh, you can find Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com. No, seriously. How did you get into my house? 
And we're back. And uh, yeah, that was all about tuning into Sci-Fi TV. I have to say, um, they had a great little countdown list uh, a few months ago. It was like they counted down to like top 100 Sci-Fi TV shows, and uh, it was really cool. There was some that brought back a lot of memories. And, yes. And, um, and it clued me in on a few that I actually never heard of before. Gavin um, and I listened to it, and we both loved it. But that was like at the beginning of the year, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, the reason why I was speaking of this is because they're starting a new one called um, their top uh, sci-fi genre characters. So sci-fi and fantasy genre TV characters. Cool. So I actually did turn in my top 20 list that they asked for. And uh, hopefully we'll, they'll say something about Fisher cast on one of those episodes when they use my list, but they're still accepting, um, uh, submissions for, you know, your top, top sci-fi and fantasy characters. So you can get your, your opinion in there too, and help out with the countdown. So, um, yeah, so unfortunately Nathaniel Fisher senior could not qualify. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but they're nice people. They play, they've played our promo in the past. And I appreciate that. So, um, okay, so getting on to Fisher of the Week, which we award the Fisher family member who's uh, who's our favorite, who's done the best this week, who's not as dysfunctional as the others. I have one. I have one. Can I go? Yeah, please. I did manage to pick one out of all this mess of dusty <laughs> body remains. Um, I picked Ruth, and I picked Ruth because in her own way, she was trying to be honest with Nikolai, and she was forthright about what she wanted from the relationship. It's not great that she didn't discuss it with him further, but I think that's just because she needs to mull it over. So I give her credit for being honest. And then because of what she said to Brenda, which I thought was very big of her and took a lot of, uh, not courage exactly, but again, a lot of, a lot for her to open up like that and be vulnerable. I thought that was pretty cool. So plus, as we've already said, the rest of the Fisher family weren't impressing me too, too much. So I picked Ruth. That's yeah, I'm going to pick Ruth, too, only because, yeah, out of all of the Fisher, she was the least annoying out of <laughs> them this week. Um, even though she tried to walk out while um, Nikolai was rejecting her, uh, the rest of, you know, and she got a little pissy with the children for no reason. But other than that, you know, <laughs> she was uh, she was trying uh, to, you know, move her relationship along. And I liked her telling Brenda um, you know, how she felt. I think that was great. That was, it, it seemed like she's really come a long way. Um, I would say, um, it's hard to see David as this weakling to Keith, um, this week being, being kind of made, not only made to feel like a weakling, but setting yourself up, you know, not, you know, he's like speaking up, but he's not, He's still like, oh, what if Keith catches you jumping on the bed? You better stop. Um, he's still like afraid. He's still afraid, and it's not good seeing David like that. Um, so not him. Um, it's hard. To, I, I really appreciate Claire's um, new photography um, thing, uh, as it were. <laughs> and, but it's really hard to see her so discouraged um, and so easily discouraged. Mm-hmm. You know, she should be stronger than that, or at least I'd, I'd hope she'd be stronger than that. So not her. And Nate, of course, is uh, 
it's like he's it's like he's he woke up to his new responsibilities but he just handled it terribly um, <laughs> so not her not him excuse me so yeah after all that i have to say ruth if if only for that scene with brenda alone it's just a wonderful scene and uh i mean just seeing like her um you know trying to be truthful and honest in a way but you know I, obviously you can see how the thing with Nikolai really made that come out in her. But then to see the effect that it has on Brenda too, it made it, made it doubly impressive. So I would say Ruth shots, shots all around. I'm having tea shots. (laughs) Having water. Let's drink some (laughs) Buddhist water of forgiveness. Yes. (laughs) You'll feel much better. And if, 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 you know, you get sick from all the germs, from all the people putting their hands in it, then you can go puke on the oldest tree in your front lawn. So we have our listener eulogies here, and it looks like um, we have a, a bit of feedback. Thank you for all the folks that emailed in. We have three, actually. So um, I'd like to go first. All right. You do, Missy. I have to do, Missy. Missy's stream of consciousness emails are always great. So she says, hi, Fisher Cast. It's a long email this time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Uh, ben Sarasi's oh, I did so well with it earlier. Uh, his heart attack was a step down from Biker Santa being run over <laughs> or even Lunch Pail Guy. <laughs> Claire has a new hobby slash career, taking pictures of dead people, winky face. I love Claire. She'll always be my favorite character. I'd like to retroactively give Claire's English assignment an A++. It was a stroke of genius. No. This <laughs> ah, this is spoilerish. Yeah. Please watch that, Missy. <laughs> yeah, be careful. Well, she. You know, I haven't read any did. of these, by the way, up until now. So yeah, me either. Yeah, I really haven't either. So uh, careful, careful. It's okay. Just say, keep reading. Just keep this reading. is very, very minor. Um, but yeah, she says, "Why is Parker back? She's too blah." Hopefully she'll make good use of that phone sex job and never come back again. Yeah, Baptist <laughs> phone sex, Claire. Um, had a good giggle at David's flub in front of customers. He didn't fool anyone. Dave really does have ugly-ass furniture, LOL. Taylor looks so peaceful in Dave's arms and so incredibly pissed in that last shot. Looks like Keith and David will have a sullen preteen to contend with from now on. <sighs> Speaking of Keith, I love the fella, but he really needs to take a chill pill or let David help him with his trauma. Agree. Totally agree. Goodbye, Carla. Have fun in prison, hobo killer. (laughs) Who's glad David didn't try, didn't buy Taylor's punked routine? (laughs) Oh, I think David didn't buy, like, that she was kidding. Um, I I guess he did buy for a little while. We discussed that. Uh, So... (laughs) Nate is so goddamn selfish. It's always stopped me from really enjoying him as a character. Everything Lisa said to him on the front porch is true. He seems to want a life that's convenient for him and no one else. Jenna Boyd is so freaking cute. And she brings up a little fun fact that I would have loved to share earlier. But, uh, you know, we got to give Missy some fun facts to share. So (laughs) I I saved it for her. She says that, um, yeah, the little girl that is the non-existent Nate and Lisa's first child or whatever. She's a great actress. She played Maddie Crane in Carnival's debut 
debut Milfay and Bailey in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Hmm. So yeah, Carnival crossover. Um, so Nate knocked up three different women or four. I mean, the room was full of kids was clearly making a point, but the first three and that cute little Asian boy were the real deal, right? <laughs> Nate's a prize. That's sarcasm. He wasn't even supportive of Claire's new hobby. I want to smack him in the face. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, little Julio thinks his daddy has all the answers to be young and naive again. <laughs> Buddha has the secret to enlightenment. There was a lot of Buddha in this episode. I wonder if anyone's ever poked their eyes out one by one by accident or on one by accident, David. That's a ridiculous image. <laughs> LOL. Ruffians. Ruth, this is the mob slash mafia, not some delinquent kids. Ruffians doesn't even begin to describe the people with a grudge against Nikolai. Charm, however, does describe this squalor Nick lives in, though I don't think extreme makeover is a way to fix it. Nikolai seems pretty set in his ways. Um, none of your business, Ruth. I love the way Francis delivered that line. Ruth got a little defensive when Mr. Chenoweth suggested Claire go see someone about her depression. Why? Does she she's not, not depressed. <laughs> Does she just not want to believe she may have failed in some way? Or does she really think Claire's fine? A little strange. Seriously? Brenda is not Brenda is not healthy. None of it is. <laughs> Granted, it's not a sex addict level, but it's still bad. I really hope you guys read that whole monologue Brenda thought up for the therapist. It was funny as hell. Sorry. Uh, Moyer was supposed to write that one down. Sorry. I almost did, but oops. <laughs> a three-way with a couple as old as your parents? Ick. There's not enough coke in the world that would make me engage in that. <laughs> Love Brenda's entrance. All giggly and still half high. LOL. Hey now, don't blame Miss Melissa for your shit. That ain't cool. She was a great friend who attended boring swingers parties with you. Uh, stick out tongue face. Um, and it appears Ruth and Brenda might get along for the foreseeable future. Ruth might be the line Brenda won't cross, even though all her flaws, Ruth is a better mar mother than Margaret. My reaction to Margaret Chenoweth's laughing face? Holy fucking shit! Said so calmly I surprised myself. Uh, <laughs> why won't she just go away? <laughs> She's rude all the time and not the funny kind. She totally dissed my, girl's, my girl Claire's pale complexion. Why is she back with her husband? She drives me bonkers. And I'm done rambling from Simone. Oh, thanks, Simone. We love your <laughs> rambling. You know, I have issue with the pale face thing, too, because my daughter has a very pale complexion. And when she was little, I used to get that. Oh, is there something wrong with her? So just shut up about Claire's beautiful pale skin. It's because she's a redhead. Leave her alone. <laughs> so there. Mm -hmm. The next one's from Brad. Who wants to read that one? I'll do that one because, you know, he's angry and <laughs> I'm angry, so it works. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try not to be ragey, but it's nearing 5 a.m. and much booze fuels my typing. <laughs> no one on the show is an adult anymore. It's insane. Taylor and Melissa are the most well-adjusted and intelligent people in the mix. <laughs> I'm rather sure that decimating the emotional maturity of the entire cast is not the same as developing the characters and creating solid plot and structure. There aren't as many complications as there are bad decisions made on the basis of a constant... Constantly backwards, cascade of emotional responses. Here, here, Brad. Uh, 
Nate and his wacky illogical guilt delusions are a thousand shades of gross. Yes. I remember thinking he was an interesting and likable character in the first season. When did he turn into such a shambling day mare? (laughs) 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 We can all agree that Rico's demon spawn is in for some harsh realizations in the near future, right? (laughs) Right. Uh, Claire is pretty much the worst in this episode. If she can't get into a decent school, that is her own fault. Until about ten minutes ago, I wasn't even aware that she had any motivating interest at all. What was she expecting? (laughs) Oh, you have mediocre grades, a... Was it a panoply? Panoply? Mm -hmm. I don't know that word. A panoply of cynical apathy, zero developmental skills, and a newly realized vague interest in generalized non-specific arts. Let me roll out the red carpet to the Ivy League. Her her all-consuming sense of entitlement is stifling. I kind of dread moving into a Claire now has severe depression plot. Oh, no. Some people should not have children, and by some, I mean most. Anyone that asks about the efficacy of Western medicine should be on the top of the list. Somebody please push Lisa down a few dozen flights of stairs before she inevitably ruins a child's life. (laughs) <laughs> oh Brad I agree with most of what you say <laughs> A Panoply is like an impressive collection of something Interesting I mean mm-hmm. I've heard of Monopoly It's very similar so You know but Mono is one and A little hard on Claire but besides that I <laughs> Yeah but I agree though Because seriously She didn't really care And now she does It's a little <laughs> yeah. late don't you think Yeah it's so. true. And the idea of bad decisions um, everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In little, little ones and big ones and everything from swordfish honesty, just it goes on and on. <laughs> <laughs> so you have one from Harriet that you want to read? Indeed, from Harriet Ware. Hi, Fishercast. I have mixed feelings about this episode. I watched it once and then tried to watch with the commentary, but couldn't get through the episode a second time. So looking forward to having Robin tell me what the director said. <laughs> but Robin yeah, fell, I fell asleep. asleep. <laughs> oh. I've tried to structure my email around the DVD episode summary. Warning, it's kind of long. Free feel to edit. I thought we were supposed to be rooting for David and Keith to get back together. And now this? I feel like Keith has become this absolute jerk. Without enough explanation. Mm-hmm. I wanted to punch him in the scene in the bedroom where David is expressing his concerns about the relationship. And Keith brushes him off with, that's just stupid. Mm. I agree. I don't know why, but I thought the intake scene where David comes in complaining about some fucking idiot writing a check and then immediately switched into funeral director mode was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I always find David amusing on this show, but if I knew him in real life, he would drive me crazy. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's Carla. So I guess she's gone now. Just like you guys, I didn't really care about her storyline for exactly the reason Missy gave last week, that she's a side character to a side character. If I don't care about Keith, I'm certainly not going to care about Carla. However, I did feel really bad for Taylor at the end, losing her mom again and probably feeling betrayed by David, someone she'd really trusted. Frowny face. Now to be more positive. I loved Claire this week. Exploring her artistic side through photography, and wow, she looks so gorgeous in that darkroom scene. See, I agree. I think Claire looked gorgeous. Um, and then that so, C pin too really pulled it together. The what? Sorry, her C pin. C pin. Her, her pin that said C. I didn't even notice it. The letter mm-hmm. C. Yeah. Didn't, didn't notice it either. Oh. 
<laughs> it reminded me of Laverne and Shirley. Uh. You can say these things while we're, we're discussing it, Robin. Sorry. <laughs> You're just a guy. brought it up. Hmm. Okay, and then so pathetic and sad on the East Valley campus with that dread of knowing this is her future now. But I had to laugh at the line, oh, no, it's under construction. It won't open until 2004. 2004? Ha ha. Also, I'm sorry, Mara, but I think that besides the line, I know you didn't play the game the way I did, which was terrible. Parker was a pretty good friend to Claire in this episode. See, I agree with you. Um, and you have to love it when she tears the number off the phone sex flyer. Classic <laughs> Parker. <laughs> I love that, too. I also enjoyed the Ruth Nikolai storyline this week. I disagree with you guys in that I actually like the way the relationship has progressed. I appreciate that it's not overdramatic or antagonistic or stirred out by a surprise pregnancy like some of the other couples, but that the issues in this relationship seem more realistic and down to earth, to me anyway. Um, and Brenda, why must they do this to her character? It's just embarrassing. In the first season, she was a smart, confident woman who had some issues, sure, but seemed to be doing the best she could. Up to this point, I've liked her and given her the benefit of the doubt, even though I know she has a lot of haters out there. But writers, I can't take much more of this. Please, make it stop. Also, I'm sad that Melissa's gone. She was great. And finally, the thing with Nate and the children was just strange. I don't even know what I think about that. So I'll wait to hear your thoughts. The only thought I really had about that was Bailey from the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. So I missed that movie. Can't wait to hear the podcast. And sorry this email was so long. Love you guys. Don't be sorry. I think it was a great email, Harriet. I remember yes. the little girl from Carnival, but I never mm. saw Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. But I certainly I saw it. I don't remember it. From Carnival. The little no, girl that they, they couldn't walk, right? Is that the yes. one? I'm assuming yeah. that's the one, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, let's get into our last rites, our final thoughts on the episodes, and our spectacular ratings. So, Moira, you went first, so now we'll go to Des. Okay. You can subtract points for Nobili, subtract points for Rico, subtract points for Carla, <laughs> subtract points for everybody PMSing, subtract points for stupid ghost kids, um, add points for a naked orgy, um, and let's see, there was one more thing that was that I liked. Oh, add points for Ruth telling Brenda she loved her. Um, so I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10 Baptist phone sex Ooh. operators. Oh, my God. Okay, I, really I was like adding up your points starting at 10. I thought you would end up at 7. I was no. keeping track. Oh, no, I don't actually do it that way. <laughs> Silly me. How oh, anal. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm pulling my butt. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I don't have to go through the longness of things we hated because, you know, pretty much does. It's just covered it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, overall, I think Ruth redeemed it for me. Um, and, and actually in terms of how she was dealing with Nikolai and trying to be honest, all the stuff I've already said, that's probably the only shining light in this whole thing. And everybody else was irritating. However, I'm happy that Carla is gone. That really made me feel good. But Even is she for, gone for good? Oh, that's please, God, please let her be gone for good. I hope yeah. so. And I, I don't can't want say to anything because she's yeah. kind of tied to a character that's still on the show. I, I mean, Melissa is easy to say. Yeah, she's definitely gone. But I'm sad Melissa's gone because I quite liked her. And she probably could have been really good for Brenda as Brenda is starting to maybe um, get her shit together, we hope. Anyhow, mm -hmm. so overall, I would give this one a six out of ten happy chanting um, 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 monks. 
I wanted to say their, their color. Saffron. Happy chanting saffron, monks. That's what I wanted. I practically love this episode. I would say probably like my favorite part of this episode was that you're, you're happy chanting, uh, monks, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that the, the chanting and just seeing different people. I love the, I, I I'm a fan of the montage, I guess. <laughs> um, especially when it's kind of like that. So weird with the, the, the chanting and, um, wrapping up everybody's little plot lines, um, before we got into the last scene with Nate and Lisa, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I like the episode, I guess I, it, it, discussing it, it brought it kind of down f- from my original eight out of 10 to six out of 10 mm. dead bumps. <laughs> I time. think that's overall got to be the lowest average rating of any episode between the three of us anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I hope All the next right. one's going to be perkier, Robin. Yeah. The next one's the liar and the whore. So it's got to be more feisty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's uh, bury this Bisquick. <laughs> Did you not use that one already? He uh, said biscuit this, uh, pretty close. You're going to have to get uh, some new B words, Robin. Yeah. Let's bury this. This bongo drum, bury this let's banana. Bury this <laughs> Do you want me to bitter, give you some more? Let's bury this bitter Pensacolan. Ah. Very <laughs> <laughs> magic. <laughs> um, okay, you can visit you can visit us at fishercast.blogspot.com. Yeah, you can. You may, if you will. Um, you better visit oh. us at fishercast.blogspot.com. Is that better? Um, leave a voicemail at one five four one two embalm five four one two three six two two five six and visit us on the Facebooks. Or you can email us, and we love it when you email us a nice little MP3 voice message. That's fun, too. That's at fishercast1 at gmail.com. Please put the title of the episode in your email, just so if you're flipping ahead and doing future ones because you're keen like that, then we won't get spoiled. Thank you. Yes. And, uh, yeah, be careful. I mean, don't, 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 don't be retrospective about the entire series in your email. We, I, I love you, Missy, but that, I, I, was, I read that out. I'm like, oh. Uh, but um yeah again you mean prospective not retrospective (laughs) (laughs) oh dear let us be the retrospecting people (laughs) you be the prospecting does that make sense at all um yeah so (laughs) des uh what are we spotlighting this week um, what's on with Stefan Des? You can go to what's on with Stefan and Steph and I talk uh, TV and what we watch every week. It's a lot. Spoiler alert. It's extraordinary how much they watch. It's actually quite impressive. She last has the week, biggest TV muscle, muscle watching muscles ever. Last week I watched 35 hours of TV. Wow. Yeah. amazing. That's a full time job for some people. I wish it could be. That would be awesome. <laughs> And uh, uh, where, where else can we find you? Like uh, on the Twitter? No, I don't want to be your friend on Twitter. I'm not I'm going to start purging my Twitter just down to my closest friends. It's just too much for me. Oh wow! Yeah. So. So she's not being mean, y'all. No, sorry. I just <laughs> I can't keep up with everybody. Uh, okay, so. Um, yeah, you can find Moira babysitting for Rico as well as uh, all of Nate's aborted ghost children, <laughs> as well as uh, on the Twitter. She's still accepting friends at Moira Brown with an E at the end. 
And of course, you can find me on Redemption Cast. That's the Angel Andrew Cast, and um, on the Twitter with at El Robinero. I put a very distressed Jimmy Stewart as my Twitter icon in time for the season. Um, so that's it for Fisher Cast this week. Next week, your homework, like I've said about three hundred times today, uh, the liar and the whore with uh, Steph Smith guesting. Hopefully, is she the liar or the whore? <laughs> she will be commenting probably uh quite uh the lying <laughs> quite a bit about the li- liar and the whore uh and how much they both have upset her Uh-oh. Um, i have a feeling that- it's gonna be okay Des, you're gonna be need to be a little more up next week because i have a feeling <laughs> staff might be uh, having solid like a bitter angry pill yeah i've seen <laughs> some of her tweets well the pms will be over by then so we should be oh, fine good good you guys aren't in sync, are you? No. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't want to know that much about what sound with Stefan does. So <laughs> I thought I'd ask. I thought you meant me and Des. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, no, Moira, we're, we're going to have to do our best to keep those two under control, I think, okay. next week. Maybe uh, I, could, I, could, I could FedEx some happy pills, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Um, as for the secret, we therefore commit this episode to the ground. Ashes to ashes and dust, dust to dust. dust. Bye. Bye. See you. <laughs> pregnant women are smug. Everyone knows it. Nobody says it because they're pregnant. F and son of a gun. You think you're so deep now. You give me the creeps now that you're pregnant. I can't count all the ways how you speak in cliches now. So, do you want a boy or a girl? Oh, it doesn't matter as long as it's healthy. Really? Because I don't feel like those two things are related at all. It's not like one or the other. No, 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 no. As long as it's healthy. Hmm. I can't wait to hear someone say, don't care if it's brain dead, don't care if it's limbless, if it has a penis. Because pregnant women are smug. Everyone knows it, nobody says it, because they're pregnant. This end world you're enjoying makes you really annoying. So, is it a boy or a girl? Oh, we know, but we're not telling. What are you going to name it? Oh, we know, but we're not telling. Who's the father? Oh, we know, but we're not telling. Bitch, I don't really care. I was being polite now, since you have no life now that you're pregnant. You say you're walking on air You think that you're glowing But you had been hoeing And now you're pregnant You're just giving birth now You're not Mother Earth now Yeah, I have a lot going on I got my degree, I moved, I wrote a novel Gosh, everything just seems so trivial Now that I'm pregnant I also built a nuclear fusion reactor You know, I can't even really remember What I did before I was pregnant Everything just seems so meaningless Hmm Pregnant women are smug Everyone knows it, nobody says it Because they're pregnant F and son of a gun You think you're so deep now You give me the creeps now Now that you're pregnant Pregnant.